You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan. And Bo, well, we got a good game, and... Things looked good at the beginning, but what has happened before has happened again. Unfortunately for the Atlanta Falcons, the history of blowing fourth quarter leads has repeated itself. So, Bo, first and foremost, how are you feeling? And how? what do you make of this? Well, I'm feeling I've got a lot. I've got all the seven what stages of grief you know uh anger uh i've got a little bit of self-pity right now uh-huh. i'm feeling you know feeling a little bit sorry for myself uh, amazingly enough I- i'm ill i'm i'm pissed off is what i am i'll just be honest i'm really no, pissed right. off about how the game ended <clears throat> you you missed opportunities to close the game out you mm-hmm. can't get short filled opportunities and not score touchdowns you can't get exactly. two short filled opportunities you came away with three points that being said you also had a 26-10 lead, and your defense goes into a shell, and then your your best player on one side of the ball, which is A.J. Terrell, you know, him and Grady are 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. But he didn't look very good. Michael Thomas had some moments against him, and that's not good. Nope. So of all the places you look good, that was one where we didn't look very good. It was really nope. frustrating so I've got a lot of feelings. My feelings don't really matter right now. Um, I believe in this team, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what a hundred percent what to make because there were so many positives that yes. we can take away from this, D- Dylan. So and many. All we're gonna talk about are the negatives, and that's what that's what I think. That's why I'm angry. I'm not angry you lost the game or you blew it, but there were so many strides, so many strides made from what this team has been labeled and what they have been in the past. And at the end of the day, you allowed an old narrative to be brought back in about who you are, which is a team that can't finish games. Does it, you know, different quarterback, same result, Uh, you know, different, Guys up front in a certain area. It did, so, what guys on the perimeter? So, whatever you want to say, you just couldn't get it done. And I don't second guess. I wonder now if they should have just went for fourth and one. You know? And just I'm, said, screw I'm, it. Oh, go ahead. Just screw it. No, screw it. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose. Let's lose with the ball in our hands. 
because you were playing so well up front. So yeah. I just got a lot of frustration because honestly, I want to believe that the team we saw for three quarters is the team that they really are. And right. that's what I want to believe after one game. But I don't know. And only time's going to tell. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I am with you. Why not go for it on fourth and one? And I understood at that moment in time, okay, punt the football, flip the field, make them go the distance with only, what, they had 48 or 38 seconds left in the ball game to go down and get a field goal. And obviously they did that. So I understood the decision there. But looking back on it now, obviously, and I even would have been okay with if they did it in, in real time, I would have been okay if they went for it on fourth and one. Now, obviously, I really wanted to go them to go for it on fourth and one because you were moving the ball so well. And you talked about, you know, old narratives coming back up. We were trying to get rid of some narratives and things Arthur Smith was preaching and he was saying was going to happen in training camp and in the preseason. Those things were happening in the first three quarters. We were dictating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And both we, you said, we both said those were going to be keys to the game dictating both line of scrimmages on offense and defense. And we did that. And that was the thing we were most concerned about. And we did it. And the thing that we thought we were, we were most confident in when it comes to the secondary, those are the things that were the shakiest, including AJ Terrell that you touched on against Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had some very good plays against AJ Terrell. Now we'll give Michael Thomas and James Winston credit. James Winston threw some very good balls down the stretch and Michael Thomas made some very nice catches, but still you expect AJ Terrell to be there to break up the plays. And he didn't get like, he wasn't badly beat, but he gave enough space to Michael Thomas and James Winston for them to make plays and get down the field and get that game winning field goal. And I want to go back to something you said about, um, about, really not capitalizing on on opportunities you you just can't fumble the snap there if if you're Marcus Mariota and you just you gotta slide at that point too I know he's trying to be physical I get all that but you gotta slide at that opportunity too because like you said three points in two short field short field opportunities and so I mean it just really really is demoralizing to lose a game like this and oh, it's just a sucker punch. It's a gut punch. And it, it really is hard to take. So I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, look, the defense played so good for three quarters, and then it just it just goes. I mean, I, it looked like Dean Pease, and they kind of ran I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that 100% no, but it looked like they kind of ran a uh, went to a kind of a soft zone on that that first yes. drive that they scored to make it twenty six to eighteen. That's what it appears to me. But you know, even then, you can't give up that huge chunk pass to Jarvis Landry at the very end of the game. <clears throat> but there were so many good things. Like, dude, they ran the ball. I said, dude, I dude you. But Dylan, we ran the ball for two hundred yards. Two hundred. Cordell Patterson had one hundred and twenty yards. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. You know, he was 20 of 33 through the air. No interceptions. So, that, you know, that, that that turnover, I get it. With the fumble, he's trying to make a play. Just got to be smarter with it. 
it, it's just the pass rush was there. You yep. know, they had three sacks in the game, I think. Maybe four. Yeah, four, um, yeah, four. And Grady Jarrett, who I've heard this narrative that, oh, he doesn't fit Dean Pease's defense. He looked pretty damn good to me in Dean yeah. Pease's defense today. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a sack and a half with five – uh with three total tackles. I mean, you know, or, or five overall, excuse me, th- three uh, solo. Yeah. So he looked pretty good in, in a defense. He clearly, you know, I just told you, Richie Grant came up and made some plays. We saw progressions of guys. Dr. Arnold Ebicady, the doctor of, of pass rush, yeah. got his first career sack. You uh-huh. know, Lorenzo Carter gets in on the sack. Yep. So there were just so many goods. It's just this team – Maybe we need to take a step back and look. You know, everybody's fired up. All the people that said the Falcons were going to win three or four games are now killing them for losing today and right. and, 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 and blowing the game. And I think it's a little bit ironic that I, I think, and I know we're going to get into this with what Coach Smith said after the game, but it's a little ironic that the people are that didn't expect them to do anything are now just – Jumping on this, well, you should have won. You should have won. You should have won, and it's kind of it's kind of convenient. And that's the other thing that bothers me. It's why I take this loss so hard because there's a bunch of people out there who just want to kill the team no matter what they do. Right. And you know the way that played out, you just feed their their fire. You, you really do, and it makes it frustrating, and it makes it it makes it hurt worse when you lose games like that. I want to go back to something you said really quick because I was wondering this the whole time I was at the studio today. And I want to, I may, you're up in the booth with Wes and Dave. I don't know if Dave mentioned this or not, you know, while you guys were uh, off the air in between breaks. But why did we go to this shell type of zone defense, prevent defense? I don't know if it, it was a full on prevent, but you called it a shell. So we'll stick with that terminology. Why did they switch to that shell defense when I believe they were playing? a man defense that was working earlier. They were getting pressure. So why the switch, Bo? Do you have any idea? Did you and uh, Dave talk about that at all? Well, we didn't talk about this specific instance, but Uh we have talked about it in the past. And look, when you do that, you do that because the thought process is to keep everything in front of you. So you do it when you're up double digits in the fourth quarter of games because you keep everything in front of you and then you tackle them in bounds, and then the clock runs. Or you just tackle them anyways because it's right. a certain point in time where the clock stops. Um, when you run out of bounds, the clock stops to reset the ball. Right. But they'll also they'll also wind it, right? Yeah. Um, and so that, that's what will happen. So you do it to kind of keep everything in front of you. You don't give up a big play right over the top. So it one, mm-hmm. one big play, boom, you're back in it. The whole point is to keep everything in front, tackle, and then you roll time off that clock. So that clock just eats away. So it helps burn the clock, if that makes sense. It's another – you're using the clock, basically the score and the clock, as another an extra defender and another way to win the game. So that's the thought process of it. But it doesn't work when you give up four-play 80-yard drives or maybe it was 75. I think – I don't know. 75, 80 yards. It doesn't work when you give up chunk plays. They went down the field in four plays. So, so why so, not switch back? That's my main question. You see it's not working. They score in the, that four-play drive. You roll right down the field like our defense was Swiss cheese, not even out there on the field. Well, why not switch back? They did switch back the next drive, but the problem okay. is is 
the, the negatives is if you can't do that to make it kind of go, 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 mm-hmm. and it's a quick strike, you'll let a quarterback who, look, I know I'm all, I am I ride Jameis, and rightfully so, because he didn't look very good most of that game, and a lot of it right. was his he pressure. Did. But he's still an NFL quarterback, and he's a yes. guy that likes to sling, and he wants to push the ball downfield. So when you do – what you what you did and allow it now he's got his timing, so now he's in a rhythm, and guys right. in the NFL with weapons like he's got with Camara uh, and Thomas and Landry, and now you add Chris Olave in there, they start chunking it around. They get a rhythm, right? Now he's got mm-hmm. a rhythm, so now his timing's now he feels good. He's confident. He's he's kind of in a flow, and now you get what you get what you got where they're going in the field. But even then, they were able to make a stop on the two-point conversion, and then they just could not bleed the clock enough. So, it, This is just – it's really tough to swallow, like, like you talked about. I mean, all the things that Arthur Smith was saying was going to happen, they were happening. They were coming to fruition. We were getting a pass rush. We were making plays on offense, running the ball effectively. Cordell Patterson had himself a day, and now it all seems for not because an old narrative came back. And that is the most frustrating part, along with we did so many good things. And at this point, it really doesn't matter because you lost. And you lost to the Saints week one. Everybody was so amped up. The Benz was rocking, by the way. The fans came out, and it just it's just so deflating. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now I kind of want to get into what happened after the game because I've been seeing on social media, I've been hearing a lot of things about and hearing that fans are not really happy with Arthur Smith and how he addressed the media after the game. So to get into it, there's a video going around on social media about, and, and this is during Arthur Smith's press conference, and I'm not quoting him, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, you buried us in May. You're going to bury us again. So we'll just, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to come back and we're going to get back to work. And a lot of people are looking at it as one, he's being too combative, maybe to us versus the world, us versus the media, which that side of it, I can maybe understand. And Arthur Smith, you know, rightfully so, has been frustrated with the narratives and everything out there because a lot of the media has written them off. I mean, CBS Sports probably hasn't said one good thing about the Atlanta Falcons all offseason. But the other thing about it is, too, some people, and this is the part I don't agree with, some people are saying that Arthur Smith wasn't being, uh, the word loses me now, he wasn't, he wasn't being, he wasn't being responsible for what the team did and he wasn't taking responsibility for what the team did out there in the field which I don't agree with because if you listen to the post game show on the Atlanta Falcons radio network on 92.9 the game when he talked to Dave Archer after the game he says we have to be better we have to take advantage you know of opportunities in the red zone and he says we have to take better care of the football he was taking onus he was taking responsibility of what his team did and did not do on the football field 
So you can say what you want about he's being too us versus the world, whatever. You can you can say all that, but you cannot say he's not taking responsibility and he's not taking onus. He's not owning up to the the Falcons' performance and not taking responsibility for the Falcons did not do. I don't agree with that. What do you think about all that? Well, once again, the same people who complained about Mike Smith when he was here mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn, how they don't ever give him anything. He just says, they just say the same old things. Well, we're going to get him next time. You know, we made mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Well, now they're mad. And and by the way, all those people are always like, we need a guy like Mike Tomlin. We need a Mike Tomlin guy who will just give it to us straight. Just kind of yeah. give us give us what's going on. Well, you got a guy like that. You got Arthur sure Smith do. who's not going to take – look, he he took uh, plenty of blame for what happened. Like you said, with our interview with him, with well, our, uh, well obviously I say our, but Falcons Radio Network with Dave Archer where he talked about it. And then you go – and he, went, and he went in there, and basically all he was saying was, is you guys already buried us, so just keep bearing us, and we're going to try to prove you wrong. He's just try- That's the me versus world mentality. A lot of coaches do that. But yeah. We always want to whine and complain about what we don't have in God. Now we're whining and complaining that we won't, you know, a guy who says slogans again. Like We always complain. We killed. Dan Quinn's a guy that I became a, uh, became a friend of mine yeah. uh, through his time here. I root for him. I hated that it didn't work out. I did think it was time for a change. It was clearly a stale message. Right. Uh, doesn't mean I don't respect the human being he was. I also have developed a relationship with Arthur Smith uh, in this short time. And I like Coach. And I, mm-hmm. I understand what people are saying. But let me tell you something. That's his – he is trying to unify his team. And yeah. he's heard, literally going into week one, we get asked, well, how do we know what we got in Desmond Ritter? We haven't even, he's not even the starter. So it just <laughs> worried about the wrong thing. So, so why do you think he has that mindset? And this is what we've wanted in Atlanta for years. And we get that a tough coach mentality. That's going to mm-hmm. tell it like it is. And now we want someone to go out there and make excuses for the loss and take blame. Get real, get over yourself. Fans get over yourself. Media. This is what you thought you claimed you wanted. Now you got it. You don't want it. Look, I, I like a guy that's that's angry after a loss. I like yeah. a guy that's going to pound the table and say, this is unacceptable. By the way, don't act like – and I think a part of that was saying, don't act like you expected us to win this damn game anyways. Don't act like you were up here picking us. You all buried us. You, 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 you never believe us anyway, so you can just keep writing your crap articles. That's what he's saying. Yeah. And whether I believe it's right or wrong or not, who am I and who are you and who are they, the people that are bl- just saying those things, right? to tell him how to message his team? Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm, I've got a little chip on my shoulder, and I hope this team does, and I hope he does, and I hope they go show it in L.A. next week. That's a long ways to go, by the way, for us, travel. You know? Yeah, I was about to say, Bo Morgan, you're, you're going to be spending many, many hours and many nights in planes and hotels uh, this next uh, week, two weeks, so. Kudos to you, my friend. You know, you bring bring your neck pillow. Be be prepared for all that, buddy. I mean, do you do you have do you do you carry a neck pillow and things like that? I mean, how, how are you going to prepare for this long West Coast road trip you're going to be on? Because you're not coming back home after LA. You're going straight to Seattle. Yeah, I am not a neck pillow guy, for the record. <laughs> um, I'm the guy that'll be like, you know, wake up in the plane. I mean, that's just kind of how I am. Are you going to lean on a random guy. person's um, shoulder? Like, are you going to you going to do one of these numbers on a random person? 
Well, no, uh, <laughs> it'll be. I sit near next to the same people, so okay. it won't be a random person. But no, um, I'm not. I've done these trips before. I'm I'm very blessed and lucky to be able to stay out there mm-hmm. uh, in Seattle. So I'll be doing the podcast not next week, not this upcoming week, but the week after from uh, a hotel room in Seattle. I'm blessed to be able to do that. I'm really pumped about that. I've got that. I'm going to have some cool content for this podcast um, as a teaser for uh, the Wednesday and the Friday that we're out there. And I say content, just some stories I'm able to share that uh, I've got some things already planned. I've already, you know, it's some cool stuff coming for you guys. So that'll be something, but um, not a net pillow guy. I'll just pick a good movie, maybe two. And, uh, you know, roll out there. Actually, I'll probably have some college football on because we're leaving Saturday. But, yeah, um, for L.A. But, yeah, look, it's, it's business. So it's nothing I haven't done before. I've yeah. made some of these trips before. So it's all good. That part I can handle. It's kind of uh, – it's, 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 this, this, this is the tough part for me. This is me at my most vulnerable. This is me when I come home and I'm not happy and I'm angry and I just want to sit in my chair and be left alone and watch whatever's left of football and be miserable with myself. So this is the toughest time of um of being me or married to me or my or the dog of uh, being you know I'm the dog owner of or, or yeah. my friend. So this is neighbors don't like me when we lose. So anyway, you know it's all good. Um, it's all good. Maybe Fired we up, have some positives to talk about, don't we? There's something positive, right? Something I- maybe. Uh, there are a few, and we'll get into them here in a second. I do have to say, though, I do like Fired Up Bo, at least for podcast reasons. Fired Up Bo outside of the podcast, I probably wouldn't like Grumpy Bo, you know, if I was your wife or your your dog or anything like that. But I like Fired Up Bo on the podcast because I'm pissed off, too, and I think we should rightfully be pissed off that we lost the game because you don't want to lose to the Aints in your home stadium in week one in a game you had a fourth quarter lead and a big lead in. But as you said, there were some positives. So now that I think we by got the all way, that. By the way, oh, real quick, uh-huh. real quick, I'm sorry. I want to okay. clear the air. Yes. There, my dog is in good hands. Uh, my dog is literally in my lap right now sitting here oh. while I do the podcast. She's at, You might have saw her head peek up earlier yeah. because she's like, why are you yelling? <laughs> Quiet down, Dad. I'm trying to sleep. But no, Bo Morgan is still a – Falcons win or lose, Bo Morgan is still a good dog owner. We will A great dog owner. We will put that on the record. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But no, Bo, obviously we are all upset. Obviously this is a game we should have won. I'm giving the Atlanta Falcons no excuses. There were plenty of plays on the table. You can't point to just one play. There were plenty of plays that the Falcons could have won this game if they would have executed correctly and, you know, capitalized on certain opportunities. The Falcons could have won this game. That it, There's no debating that. There's no escaping that. However, there are some very good things that the Atlanta Falcons did today. Number one was, I did not expect this at all, Bull Morgan, but four, count them, four sacks today. Michael Walker got in on the action. Grady Jarrett, Lorenzo, Carnel, Loren, uh, Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Epicady. I mean, the pass rush was there. And this is something that the Atlanta Falcons drastically 
drastically need. And the thing I think that's most positive out of this bowl is that it came from multiple dudes, not just one dude. It wasn't just Grady. There was multiple dudes that got in on the pass rush action, Bo. Well, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, Dylan, is it wasn't just blitzes, which right. has been kind of the only thing we've seen in the past, you know, four four years from the Falcons when they were getting home. It was blitzes. This was everything. They were there were blitzes. They were getting home. They were getting home with guys like Grady Jarrett, Arnold Abacady, Lorenzo Carter up front by just winning one on ones. In Grady's case, at some points, two on ones. Well, that's what was really good to me. They were getting home, and they were playing good against the run. I mean, the Saints only had mm-hmm. uh, rushing. I've got it right here because I don't want to uh, – because I, I keep up with all this stuff. But, dude, they only had – well, actually, they had 151 yards rushing. But let me rephrase it. Other than Taysom Hill and the gadget kind of stuff, who had 81 of that was there. So, if you take that away – the Falcons did a pretty decent job of, of containing them. So that's just like 70-something yards. But, you know, I get hey, it still counts. It does. But it's a little bit different with the Taysom Hill stuff. But but And some of that was also the Jameis Winston scramble. So I thought they did a pretty good job winning up front. And, you know, to that point, Dylan, I'll throw one back on you. Mm-hmm. How many sacks – something we talked about Friday. How many sacks did Cam Jordan have? Oh, he did not have a one. Yeah. And Caleb he did McGarry, not have a one. Look, matter Cam of fact, Jordan I, had a couple plays, but yeah, Caleb McGarry did a pretty good job. He did. I did not hear, to be honest, I didn't hear Cam Jordan's name called at all. Now I'm sure his name was probably called, like you said, he had a couple of plays, but I don't remember his name being called at all. To be perfectly honest, on the broadcast, and that was a key and the protection and again winning the trenches on both sides of the football, I think we can fairly say the Atlanta Falcons did that today. You won on the offensive side of the football because you ran for 200 yards. And this was a team that averaged 85 yards rushing per game last year. And you got 200 today. You more than doubled your average than last year. That's a win. You got four sacks, which you only had 18 last year. You got four just in week one today. That's a win. So those are all positives. You move the football pretty well again. Still having a little bit of trouble in the red zone. That's something you got to clean up. But we move the ball well. Marcus Mariota showing off his legs. That was good. Now he's got to take care take care of, uh, of the football a little bit better. But again, those there were some good things that happened today. Drake London, he looked pretty good off, coming off an injury. He didn't really miss a beat. I think he had five receptions for 70 or 70 or 70 plus yards. So the rookie looked good. There were some good things that we did today. And again, I know it gets overshadowed just because of the way the game ended, but there are positives to this game. So, yes, to get back to your point, I was very happy with Caleb McGarry. I was very happy with the offensive line overall. And to be honest, Bo, to get back to the offensive line, there were not many penalties, period, for the Falcons, but not many penalties on the offensive line either. I think we had, what, maybe one, two holding calls, a false start or two. Not many penalties for the Falcons or the Falcons offensive line today. Yeah, they had a couple of holdings. I know Jake Matthews got one. Um, McGarry got one too. Yeah, so they had a couple couple of holding calls. Uh, I don't have the the entire uh, list in front of me. They had a couple, but there wasn't a lot of self-inflicted. I actually thought, to be honest with you, this was a um, a pretty well officiated game for the most part. There was. There's a couple of holes I think they got away with. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, 
pretty well officiated game. You didn't really kill yourself with penalties the way you we saw we saw that become an issue. I mean, you had eight for fifty-five, uh, so it could have been a lot worse. Where the Saints had they had eight for ninety-nine, so they had a hundred yards worth of penalties for them. But yeah, I thought you know for the most part, I thought. By the way, I thought your safeties, Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, those guys made they some plays. Good. They played yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you just had some missed opportunities, and this is a young team yep. in a lot of areas that still has to learn how to win. But the one thing I'll say it was it was a little bit weird to me was that Tyler Algier was it was inactive. Yeah. And it turns out Damian Williams goes out in the first quarter, and that's kind of why Cordell Patterson got 20 carries. Right. I mean, Cordell Patterson had a career day on the ground. He's never mm-hmm. had uh a hundred he the most he's ever had. He had 22 carries for 120 yards. The most yards he's ever had, I think, was like 104. Uh, yes. in a game so big day for him there was just a lot to be happy about it just stinks that we're here talking about the negatives mm-hmm. you know you can talk about a lot of guys Kaderil Hodge is a guy made it now Lamade yeah. Zacchaeus a big play is early in the game Mariota hits him big gain and then Alamade puts the ball on the ground mm-hmm. that really hurts you really hurt and that was a big play in the game turnovers and, and fumbling the ball even when you recovered really cost the falcons it's little stuff you can clean up it's just hurts extra bad when it's that when this when it's the visitors when it's from when it's louisiana and it mm-hmm. just is that way dylan i mean you know we can sit here and talk about a lot of things i'm really really happy with how well they played up front on both sides of the ball. I'm telling you, the run for 200 yards against that defensive line where you've got guys like Davenport and Granderson and Shy Tuttle and David mm-hmm. Cameron Jordan and Contavious Street, Peyton Turner, they got first-round draft pick. Dude, Cam Jordan, first-round draft pick. Um, Marcus Davenport, first-round draft pick. Peyton Turner, first-round draft pick. Um, there's a lot of really good player, players up there up front. And you had a good well, day. By the way, DeMario yeah. Davis, and he's got to make some tackles. You had Pete Werner, who's one of their linebackers, bleeding early in the game. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I saw Marcus May get ran over by Cordero Patterson multiple Ooh, times. They, the, 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 that's the thing. Bob, what's your, Bob, what's your biggest takeaway, your biggest positive takeaway? From today's game, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. How physical we were in the trenches. Yes. We were physical. Yes. And it was a welcome sight to see that team that physical. And I enjoyed that. That was fun to see. That was impressive. I need more of that the rest of the season. That would be my one. If, if, if I had to give you a positive takeaway, maybe we do that. Let's give a positive. Let's, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here because we didn't talk about this. But Dylan... Give me the one thing that stood out the most positive to you about what we saw today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, it's, it's definitely the trenches. I mean, it's the pass rush. And I know I kind of just stole yours, but I mean, that's what it is. I'll give you another one too. But first and foremost, it's the trenches. The way the pass rush got to Jameis Winston, four sacks, that's a win. That is huge. And the way they created turnovers, too. I mean, you get the fumble. You caused that fumble um, on Mark Ingram. That was huge. Now you coughed it right back up. And I'll get into that as we close out the episode here in just a couple of minutes. But the way you won on both sides of the football in the trenches, four sacks, you ran for 200 yards. That's when you protected Marcus Mariota fairly well. And I know he helped you a little bit because of what he does with his legs. But the physicality of it is what makes me feel good about this football team moving forward. You didn't do the little things better than the New Orleans Saints today, and that's ultimately the reason why you lost. But you won the battle of the trenches. And if you do that more times than not, you clean up the little things, we're going to be talking about a football that probably wins more games than it loses if it keeps having performances like this today, Bo Morgan. Another positive real quick, I'm going to say it's Marcus Mariota because – He showed you, like, this dude could actually be here for a minute if he keeps playing the way he did. Again, I know he had the fumble, and and he'll clean that up. Again, those are the little things that the Falcons can clean up. But overarching, like, the big things that you want to win and you need to win, you won. You won the Battle of the Trenches. I think your quarterback was better than the New Orleans Saints quarterback today. I think your receivers were better. Your running back was for darn sure better than Alvin Kamara, who did not have an impactful game at all today. So Marcus Mariota, another impact player and another positive takeaway for me. He played very well, made good throws. He threw some dots out there, Boy Morgan. He threw some accurate balls, made some plays with his legs that really had the Saints defense off balance. And that's another positive takeaway for me again as well. You won in the trenches on both sides of football and your quarterback has shown, I think he's back. His time sent back as a backup quarterback has paid off and he is ready to show he still belongs as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, I think it's I think it's right to have a, a one that a worrisome negative takeaway, uh mm-hmm. something to worry about, something I'm concerned with after one week, which is an overreaction. But the one thing I'll say I'm a little bit concerned with was AJ Terrell. He's really? been yeah. so solid, so locked down to see a guy like Michael Thomas kind of have his way late in that game. That was concerning to me. I hope there's I hope there's not a, you know, I don't want to say there's anything wrong. I don't know. I would assume there's not. I, I have no way of knowing that there is or isn't. I didn't hear anything uh, in the locker room after the game or anything like that. But I hope AJ can kind of, you know, push this one away. That's a – I think people forget that that position is a lot like the quarterback. It's a lot like a, being a pitcher in baseball um, where you give up a home run or you throw an interception, you give up a touchdown, you give up a big play, you've got to wipe it right out of your memory come back the next day, week, Mm -hmm. play, whatever. So that's my one thing that really worried me. But hopefully A.J. Terrell is able to just kind of push that out and recover and let's get back going. Again, I think you won the overall battle. You won the trenches, which is a, a, a battle you always have to win. So you did that if you're the Atlanta Falcons. You dominated in the running game. You got to the quarterback. And your quarterback looked good on your side of the football. It's just the little things. 
And the little things, unfortunately, beat the Atlanta Falcons today. But again, that is the negative for today, but could be the positive going forward, Bo Morgan, because you clean up the little things and you keep winning in the trenches. You keep running the football the way you did. Marcus Mariota keeps making plays with his legs and his arm. This could be a very, very dangerous football team moving forward. So, sucks today, gut punch today, but like Arthur Smith said, we won't let it define us. We're not going to let this game beat us twice. We're going to try to go to L.A. We're going to try to get back on track, get one-on-one, see if we can upset the defending Super Bowl champions in their home stadium at SoFi Stadium, Bo Morgan, and we'll get into that game some more as we move on later in the week. But as for this episode of Peachtree Football, first and foremost, make sure you like this episode, you download it, and you share it out to all your friends. But Bo, do you have any final thoughts on week one versus the New Orleans Saints? No, I mean, I think I've said pretty much everything. Look, it, it, it's it's not all doom and gloom. Right. There's a lot to there's a lot to like about this team. We have to remember that even though we have experienced losses like this, we've been through this with where they've had leads and they've they've lost. The guys here, it's a different head coach, different yep. GM, different quarterback. In fact, there's only a hand. There's three guys. Three. Mm-hmm. Three guys on this team. Three of them. Who were there for Super Bowl 51. One of which didn't even see the field and is on the IR. The other two are Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews. There are only three guys that experienced that. So this, while this seems the same, and it seems like a lot of what we've had, it's new. This team's still learning how to win. We've got to remember that. For sure. And again, it stinks. It's not fun. There are a lot. There's a lot we can take away positive from this game. And there's still a lot of football to be played. Only week one. It is a division loss. But again, it's a it's something you can bounce back from. So we hope the Falcons can bounce back from a 26 to 27 loss against the New Orleans Saints. But that will do it for this edition of Street football again make sure you download this episode and you share this podcast out to all of your friends and you follow the podcast as well so wednesday we will be back and we will start to get into the week two matchup that is the los angeles rams the falcons are going out west and they're going to see if they can take down the defending super bowl champions in sofi stadium but until then this is dylan matthews full board for bo morgan and you have been tuned in to P Street Football. H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-L. H-E-L. 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 H-E-